The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian, and we're grateful that you can join us today for Truth and Love Radio. Um, folks, we're picking up uh, this show where we left off our last show. This is part two of our subject, and the question is, will or could social justice pastors um, help and be used to defeat Donald Trump in 2020? And so on the program last time, we went through a lot of different um uh, scenarios and a lot of different different pieces of information that are going on. Um, again, I, I want to just reiterate that our program and our ministry is focused on speaking the truth and love and standing for uh, the Word of God, standing for biblical principles, standing for uh, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and educating and equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. And so the context of the show is that I'm very concerned that the effort of uh, so-called evangelicals, so-called pastors, so-called Christians, and I have to say so-called because some maybe are and some are not. And so, you know, there are some that are and are just deceived, and there are some that are wolves. Uh, But the efforts of those individuals are undermining what I believe God wants to do. And we talked about this last time on the program that... um, would you agree that, that the only hope for America really for us turning back is revival? And in order for revival to happen, there must be repentance. In order for repentance, there must be the preaching of the Word of God. Well, that takes time. It takes time to equip the church. It takes time to get the church to, 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 to pray for boldness and get back on the offensive for being on, from being on the defensive for so long. And so how many of you agree that the Lord gave us a reprieve with the election of Donald Trump as a nation. And that reprieve is not our our salvation. Donald Trump is not our salvation. Donald Trump is being used by the Lord as a reprieve to allow us the chance as the church to wake up and turn around and be able to go back on the offensive with the Word of God and with biblical values, biblical principles, biblical truth. And, And ultimately, the gospel has to change hearts. The gospel of Jesus Christ has to be the thing that touches people, changes their lives, changes their eternities, changes their worldview uh, through discipleship, through through you know the word getting into them, into us, and allowing us to live out the gospel principles, biblical principles. So on the program last time where we left off, and if again, if you didn't listen to part one, please go listen to part one. Uh, we left off exposing this movement uh, called Vote Common Good. Again, led by this um, hireling, Doug Paget. Remember I told you on the program last time, I'm not going to call these guys pastors. They don't meet biblical qualification of pastors. They are too compromised. They can't even articulate the gospel. It's a social gospel. So Jesus called them hirelings in John chapter 10. I'm going to call them hirelings and potentially wolves. So vote Doug Paget, this Minnesota hireling, um, started this Vote Common Good rally. They've, they started before the 2018 elections. I mentioned to you on the program last time that they were able to work to flip 16 seats in the House of Representatives. Now, the lead 
the current makeup of the House of Representatives is 235 Democrats, 199, well, 197, there's two undecided, uh, and then one in the middle somewhere. There's actually three, I guess, that are in the middle. Um, so imagine if 16 seats, minimum 16 seats are flipped. Uh, you go from 235 to um, 219. The majority needed is 218. So those 16 seats, and potentially there was other ones that were very close that were also swing districts, but at least 16 that vote common good itself was able to switch from Republican to Democrat. Again, what's the scenario? These So a caravan going around the country in their RV, having event after event uh, in front of quote-unquote Christians. And let me actually just read you their mission statement one more time so that you can see what their goal is. That They said that uh, inspiring, energizing, and mobilizing people of faith to join the community of common good with their vote on November 3, 2020. Of course, that was this is the what they're doing now. They, back then it was for 2018. By electing Democratic candidates to bring an end to the Trump administration and the Republican control of the Senate. So they have a political agenda. They're trying to get, quote-unquote, Christians to flip. Don't support Republicans. Don't support Trump. Support Democrats. And as I said to you on the program last time, I challenge any Christian to show me from Scripture how they can support the Democrat platform with all the things the Democrats stand for on their platform, including infanticide, abortion, open borders, sanctuary policies, um, the, 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 the transgender agenda, the LGBT agenda that is persecuted Christian after Christian in this country. How can any Bible-believing, spirit-filled Christian justify voting for the Democrat platform? Now, maybe there's an individual Democrat that may not support all of those things. And maybe a Christian says, well, I can support that individual candidate because I know that candidate. Well, then I would say, vote your conscience. Pray. Ask wisdom from the Holy Spirit. Vote your conscience. But show me biblically from Scripture how any Bible-believing Christian can support the Democrat platform. Platform. Now, you go, well, Sharon, what about the, the wimpy Republicans? What about the lukewarm uh, Republicans, the squishy Republicans. Well, look, I've been as vocal as anybody on the squishiness of the Republicans who stand on their own platform. I will not vote for Republicans across the ticket. I will not. The, the, there have been many ballots where I have not filled in a name um, for a particular position or I put my name or someone else's name. I will not vote for a particular person just because they have an R by their name. I'm going to vet that person. I'm going to pray I'm going to see what their values are. I'm going to see what they're standing for. And I'm going to vote biblically. But can I support, as, as a Christian, can I support the platform of the Republican Party when it comes to the issue of life, when it comes to the issue of marriage, when it comes to the issue of Israel, when it comes to the issue of borders, when it comes to the issue of sovereignty, when it comes to the issue of freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, um, uh, limited government, when it comes to the concept of of, of um, supporting a capitalistic system instead of a socialistic system that is unbiblical. So, yes, I can. Yes, I can support that platform without violating my conscience, without violating the Word of God. And the problem, as I mentioned on the program last time, 
is the voting block. Is that even though 80% of, of evangelicals, particularly white evangelicals that, that voted, did vote for Donald Trump, and that's what these guys like Doug Padgett and, and we'll talk about Russell Moore and Tim Keller and David Platt and these guys from the Gospel Coalition or the Southern Baptist Convention, that's why these guys are working so feverishly to remove evangelical support from Trump because only one in six voters who were evangelical voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. And the other piece of this puzzle is that the left is working with the Muslims, and, and we'll talk about, hopefully if we have time in this program, the Muslim power base that is exp expanding, expanding, expanding. Um, in 2000, in 2000 um, Muslims, when they voted in the presidential elections based upon exit polls and surveys, about they were about 50-50, 50% Democrat, 50% Republican. In 2016, the Muslim voting bloc was 92% Democrat, only 8% Republican. So if you're a Muslim and you're seeking political power, you're voting Democrat. Now, if you're an evangelical and you're going to seek, you're going to seek political involvement, you're going to also be voting Democrat? And, and, and other quote-unquote pastors are supporting that? So this was catastrophic. This vote common good was so, so catastrophic. And what I'm concerned about is what is it going to do in 2020 when they're targeting the Senate? Think about the Senate. Think about judicial appointees. Think about foreign treaties. Think about all the things that the Senate does along with the presidency. And you tell me, with the, with, with the crisis at our borders, uh, with sanctuary cities, with lawlessness, with states that are going full infanticide with the coercion of the federal government or state governments against Christians who will not support the LGBTQ agenda, transgenderism, homosexuality, homosexual marriage, you know, uh, uh, bakers, florists, wedding photographers, you know, uh, uh, pastors and so forth and so on. You tell me, are we going to be in a better place with Democrats at the helm with their, with now open socialism, right? And that's what the social gospel is. When I ask the question, are social justice pastors helping to defeat Trump? Let's, how about, before we go any further, let's define social justice. Let's define the term social justice because social, the social gospel of social justice is very confusing to a lot of Christians. People will say, well, Social, the social gospel is where we do tangible things for people. We show them the love of Jesus. We, we, we feed um, the hungry. We clothe the homeless and 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 uh, uh, give them a place to stay. We help them get educated. We we get them a job. Look, all those things, if they're tangible, showing the love of Jesus, I don't have a problem with that. None of those things are unbiblical. To to help someone individually. Is, is not a problem. It's biblical, individually, if it's your individual choice. But to advocate for policies, as I said in the last program, these guys that are claiming to be Christians, these vote common good, their attack, the social justice warriors in the church, their attack against Christians who are conservative biblically and conservative politically, their attack is you guys are con con confounding the gospel with nationalism. You're, 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 you're politicizing the gospel. Yet, isn't it amazing that all of their solutions are political? Everything they want is political. And here's what they want. They want things like racial reconciliation. They want things like criminal justice reform. 
They want things like income equality, right? Income equality, reparations. They want things like um, uh, to come against the quote-unquote white privilege. They want open borders. They want health care for everybody, even if we can't afford to pay it. They want free education for everybody, even if they can't pay it. They want reparations for everybody uh, who is black, even though most blacks in this country, uh, and for that sense, all most whites in this country had nothing to do themselves physically with slavery. Um, most blacks today don't even can't even trace back to an ancestor, particularly maybe that was a, a slave, and so. All of these principles that are being pushed by the social justice warriors and social justice pastors like Paget and others, they're political. It's not gospel-centered. It's not biblical justice. It's political. And yet they attack us for being political. They want us out of the arena, yet they want to control the arena. And then on top of that, add the Muslims, and we have problems. So... Let me give you some examples of what Vote Common Good is, is doing um, as well. Many of you are familiar maybe recently with this feud that was going on between President Trump and um, these four congresswomen, Ilhan Omar, Rashida Taleb, uh, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and uh, this other congressman, I don't remember her name right now, from Pennsylvania. The, the call of the squad. And he made a statement that these congresswomen should go back and fix their own countries before they continue to criticize America and show their hatred for America. Now, I agree with the statement. The only part that I would have changed is that, and he said, he clarified later that when he talked about going back to their countries, he was talking about Ilhan Omar, who's a refugee from Somalia. Because, of course, the other three were born in America. Rashida Taleb was born in Michigan. Cortez was born in the Bronx or New York, whatever, and I don't remember where the other one was born again, the fourth one. But he should have clarified and said, okay, you know, uh, been more clear with this tweet that I'm talking about Ilhan Omar because uh, look at the state of Somalia. Somalia is a war zone. Somalia is a, is a country in civil war. It is complete chaos and collapsed and run by warlords. And so here's Ilhan Omar anti-Semitic Ilhan Omar, anti-American Ilhan Omar, the same person that said that on 9-11, some people, quote, some people did something. She has shown her disdain for America at every turn. And so I agree with the president, but they call it, but, but people call it racist. He's racist. So again, this hireling and wolf, Doug Paget, emergent church, quote, pastor, who is behind this vote common good that, helped flip 16 seats in the House, and now is working to try to destroy any evangelical support, Christian support for, for President Trump and Republicans. He was recently at the DNC debates in Miami supporting all the Dem Democrat presidential candidates because all those candidates espouse biblical values, right? Wrong. He also made a poster that says, quote, they shamefully say, quote, send her back i.e. Uh, taking Trump's quote out of context. It goes on to say, we proudly say, quote, we've got her back, end quote. 
Vote common good. Hashtag pastors stand with Ilhan. So here is this quote unquote pastor, this buffoon, this fool, this fake, this phony, this wolf among sheep who is now standing with Ilhan Omar, the anti-Semitic, anti-American, by the way, fraudulent, because there's plenty of evidence to prove that she committed immigration fraud by marrying her brother. She has made statements about supporting uh, those who have fought with ISIS. She thinks we were unfair about Al-Qaeda. She thinks that Somalis that that were charged supporting ISIS or Al-Shabaab, both jihadist groups should be given leniency. This woman is a Muslim Brotherhood Sharia adherent uh, snake. And this guy says, we've got your back. Pastors stand with Ilhan. Which pastors, Doug? This pastor doesn't stand with Ilhan. Many pastors I know would not stand with Ilhan and her anti-Semitic hatred of Jews, her hatred of America. So this is what the social justice warriors are doing. And this is why it's so dangerous. Now let's move forward to some more noticeable names. Here's some headlines. Dozens of evangelical leaders meet to discuss how Trump era has unleashed, quote, grotesque caricature of their Christian faith. Here's another headline. Tim Keller. Tim Keller, by the way, is the founder of Together for the Gospel or the Gospel Coalition. Tim Keller, 50 other leaders meet to discuss future of evangelical identity at invite-only meeting. By the way, they did not invite any conservative pastors. Pastor Jeffers, Franklin Graham, any pastors that supported Donald Trump were not invited. Interesting. They meet at they met at Wheaton College. Um quote, in it is an attempt to try to show how we should be thinking in such a way that our theology is is what is the central concern versus our political commitments. Daryl Bach, Executive Director of Cultural Engagement at Dallas Theological Seminary and one of the organizers of the event. Oh, sure. It's theology, Daryl. And yet, what were the things they were meeting about? All of Trump's policies. They weren't meeting meeting about the fact that Trump is an immoral man. The, The main thing was they were meeting about Trump's policies because they wanted different policies like open borders. Together for the Gospel Coalition works a lot with Immigration Evangelical Roundtable. Immigration Evangelical Roundtable has been funded by the likes of George Soros, Open Society. They advocate sanctuary, um, full asylum, everybody coming in, full refugees, everyone come in, uh, open borders, come on in. We want to have compassionate immigration policies. These are the same people that, 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 that would say that Jesus would be at the border welcoming everybody in. Forget laws, forget boundaries, forget timing, forget order. Just, you know, that's what Christians should do, apparently. Who else was at this thing? Uh, Fuller Seminary President Mark Laverton, Wesleyan Church General Superintendent Joanne Lyon, North Carolina Bishop Claude Alexander, Wheaton College's Ed Stetzer, uh, Harold Smith of Christianity Today, World Relief Jenny Yang. So again, you understand, they didn't invite um, any people who were uh, on the right then, 
we have. Let's go to another headline here. By the way, I did a um, – I, I want to encourage you guys to read an article that I wrote in our newsletter dated July 11th, 2019. The newsletter can be found on our website at Truth and Love Project or TILproject.com, TILproject.com. Go under the Till Project tab, Till Project tab, and look down. And the very first one says Newsletter Archives. You click on that. And the very first one, I'm sorry, the second one, here's the title. Is God Using Donald Trump to Expose the False Gospel? And the story there is the story of what happened at um, uh, David Platt's church, which was uh, McLean Bible Church in Virginia, if you remember when uh, President Trump uh, last minute showed up there to ask for prayer. And I wrote a whole article about David Platt, who was part of the Gospel Coalition, that again is led by Tim Keller. The Gospel Coalition is a proponent of the Marxist social gospel and has openly and publicly worked to remove evangelical support for President Trump and his policies. So, I, And I link a bunch of articles there, um, some which I've already highlighted. So Russell Moore, David, now Russell Moore, who's Russell Moore? Russell Moore is from the Southern Baptist Convention. J.D. Greer, who is he? The current head of the Southern Baptist Convention. These are all individuals that are working overtime to remove support of President Trump and Republicans from by evangelicals. And, and, and well, if you remove it from one, where you got to put it? You got to put it towards Democrats. So again, they're going to encourage uh, Christians to go against the Bible, to go against their conscience, to go against the Word of God and support unbiblical, unrighteous, hedonistic, uh, evil ideologies, including infanticide and killing babies in the womb, up to and post-birth. And so, again, I challenge anybody who claims to be a Christian to show me in Scripture where we have permission, politically speaking, to support uh uh, a platform and policies that are clearly against the word of God. You see, they'll come back and say, oh, well, you know, show me in scripture where uh, there should be a misogynist in power or show me in scripture where there should be uh, someone in power who, uh, you know, swears or doesn't doesn't speak well. Well, there's lots of examples in scripture where God used even heathens or even heathen leaders to, 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 to protect his people, to do his bidding. There are numerous examples in the Bible where God used unsaved people or even nominally saved people to do his bidding. As, as one example, the prince of Persia. God used the Persian Empire to be able to help the Jewish people even though they were not saved at the time. Now, I'm not saying Donald Trump is not saved because I because according to those who are around him, they're saying he does have faith now. He has been saved. He has prayed to receive Christ, but he's a he's a, he's a new Christian. He's, he's 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 very new, but yet he's seeking God. Evidence shows that he's trying to seek God. He has godly counsel around him. So we can show in Scripture where God used even uh, 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 unsaved leaders to do His bidding. But you can't show me in Scripture where God condones supporting and voting for uh, murder, infanticide, sexual morality, idol worship, lawlessness, on and on, anti-Semitism, hatred of the Jewish people, on and on and on. And so um, this whole thing, the vote common good, 
the anti-Trump evangelicals. All of this is troubling. All of it. And it's all driven by the social justice gospel. Racial reconciliation, criminal justice, income equality, fighting white privilege, healthcare, free, education, free, housing, free, cars, free, cell phone, free. Have you listened to some of the candidates for president? And by the way, I went on this site that um, talks about this concept called intersectionality. This idea that's that's a social justice buzzword that is uh, the idea that you know you look at different uh, points of of conversion based on your race, ethnicity, origin of country of origin, your male, female, you, you know, um, whatever, all these different categories. And um, <laughs> the lower you score, the more privileged you are. The higher you score, the less privileged you are. So I scored an eighteen, which means I am extremely privileged because I'm white, I'm Christian, I'm male. Uh, I can't remember. I think there were some aspects of incomes, uh, things like that. The higher you score, the more underprivileged you are, the more you have to be propped up. The lower you score, the more privileged you are, the more you have to be brought down. Is that a biblical concept? That based on your race, based on your color, based on your sex, you got to be propped up or brought down? If you're black, if you're a Muslim, if you're a woman, if you're a Native American, you have more privileges. You, you have to have more privileges. If you're white, if you're Christian, if you're male, you have to be take, have privileges taken away. My goodness, what are we doing? And Trump and 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 Republicans are being fought by quote unquote evangelicals. Um, this is this is concerning, folks. We got to pray. We got to act. We gotta educate, we gotta expose, and we gotta vote. We need the voter turnout in 2020 if we desire to see God give us a greater reprieve, more time, not so that Donald Trump can save the nation, but so that the church can arise, the church can stand at the gates of hell against abortion, against the LGBT agenda, against the Islamic invasion, against uh, one world religion, against government coercion, so we can stand and bring the gospel to bear and worship and, and power to bear that God has given us on these issues. But we cannot do that if we continue to have these policies, and by the way, in states that are controlled by Democrat policies like Minnesota, Michigan, you don't think they're losing religious freedom? In Michigan, if you go to Dearborn and you preach the gospel, more than likely be arrested. Pastor Ramin Parsa was arrested in Minnesota at the Mall of America for preaching the gospel. They are setting up uh, combating Islamophobia centers, three of them in, mini, in Minnesota, in order to combat Islamophobia, which means ultimately take away our free speech to be able to speak truthfully about the issue of Islam. The window for us to preach the gospel is closing fast without going to prison. So when we come back on the next program, I'll go into part three of this. We're going to talk about uh, David Platt, the role he plays, the, the the disturbing prayer that he did for President Trump. Then more disturbing than that was when he went back and basically apologized to his congregation for those who were hurt by praying for Trump. These are the social just, justice hirelings, wolves in sheep's clothing, in my opinion based on their fruit. And then we'll also talk about getting ready for the upper house, Minnesota, Michigan, these places, and how the Islamic movement is working with these social justice warriors to destroy and sabotage America and ultimately the gospel. So stay tuned. Join us next time. Uh, God bless you. Please pray. 
Uh, join us on our website. If you are um, inclined to move by the Lord to support us and to donate, go to tillproject.com under the giving tab. You can donate there. And uh, we have lots of resources and materials. God bless you. Stay strong in the faith, folks. Let's be the the church, remnant or not, small or big, doesn't matter. Stay strong in the faith. Be loyal to the Lord Jesus Christ. God bless you. We'll see you next time on the program. Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.